to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am Trent Taylor, your host. And tonight, I want to talk to you about, well, I really want to spend all my time on the seal judgments, but something has come into my path lately that is really bugging me. And it's the term or the viewpoint of all millennialism. And all millennialism is just, it doesn't even make sense when you look at it. But what's bothering me is that there's very prominent pastors and teachers um, in our local community that have this viewpoint. In fact, it blows my mind how many people who we would agree with on the things such as the gospel and who Jesus Christ is, dying on the cross, what salvation is, that will teach um, all millennialism. Um, and so when I talk about this, I, cause first of all, I think all millennialism, all millennialism is a bunch of hooey. Um, in fact, I think it's something kind of like this. <laughs> I swear, tractors is so dumb. And I think so is all, all millennialism. The, the viewpoint of it. First of all, let's talk about what it is. Um, the R, the A, in front of millennialism means that they do not believe that there will be a, a, a millennial reign, a thousand-year reign of Christ. They believe that uh, when Jesus came the first time, that he bound up Satan and he has his hand on the throat of Satan and Satan cannot interfere with the world. And we are currently in the thousand-year reign of Christ, but a thousand years isn't really a thousand years. That's just symbolic um, for a long time. I want to ask you a couple of questions, okay? Uh, they, first of all, they, intemp- uh, they interpret almost all prophecy as symbolic. Well, first of all, if you look at the scripture symbolic in, the, in, the, in the, the, the earth being created in seven days, was that symbolic? You exist, okay? Creation was real. And when you look at, at, at scripture, there are things in scripture that are symbolic, okay? Or figurative. However, However, that is not what Revelation is. Revelation, in fact, in the Scripture, I've recently heard somebody teach this. I have not verified this for myself. Um, but they said in the Scripture, there's in the Old Testament, there's like 39 different references or, or names for the Antichrist. And in the New Testament, roughly 13. Think of like Son of Perdition and all these other different ways that the Antichrist is called the Beast. And we're going to be hearing uh, the Beast quite a bit tonight. However, when you hear these different things, I mean, that's referring to a person. Um, Jesus was the Son of Man. Okay, the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Um, and so we need to understand that that is a real person. The, the other thing that they talk about is that, like, so when we talk about all these different judgments, they don't really think it's going to happen. I, I, wanna, I want you to understand something. Um, what Jesus did on that cross for us was not symbolic. It was very real. Um, when he died on that cross, he came, God, the sovereign creator of the universe, humbled himself, came to earth, was strapped to a cross, I mean, he took all of our sins, uh, they killed him, and then they put him, uh, and, and they buried him, and three days later, um, God raised him from the dead. He is our Savior. He is, he, all the keys of heaven, 
And all the key, all the keys, and we're going to talk about the keys here in a little bit, are in the hand of the real Jesus Christ. And those keys go to a real event at the end time in Revelation in regards to the tribulation. It is a real period. Um, I can't imagine how you can read Scripture, read the Gospel, read what Jesus did for you, and to and, and to, for Him to warn. Think about Matthew twenty-four out of the mouth of Jesus. He's warning us and tells us exactly what these times will be. It was not symbolic. It was, you know, the Olivet Discourse is when it, when this happened. So when you, and if you're an all-millennialist and I played that video that I put together and, and you're mad at me, I'm sorry. I will say this. I do not believe that all-millennial views um, is heretical because it doesn't really pertain to salvation. But it does do something that I think is very negative. It basically immobilizes the body of Christ. If we believe that the tribulation is coming, and it is coming, and it is a, a time you do not want to be here, and I know that there's a lot of people talking about post. I think what I might do is I'm probably, I've been saying it for a while, but probably on the next podcast, I will at least touch on um, the pre-trib uh, view versus post-trib, mid-trib, and a few things like that. But let me tell you, you do not want to be here. So as the body, we want more than anything else to make sure that people around us, that we tell everybody we can about salvation, about who Jesus Christ is, and to make sure that they are saved because they do not want to be here. Uh, for this horrible, horrible time. So that being said, when when you, in fact, the all-millennial uh, view basically has a lot of people just sitting in the pews saying, well, hey, just hang on. It won't be much longer, and then whoop, it'll be over. Well, I, I agree with it won't be much longer, but they said just hang on. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Let me tell you something. Right now, we need to be screaming at the top of our lungs and telling everybody we know who Jesus Christ is. All right, so that's enough on the amillennial uh, view. So I really wanted to talk tonight about uh, the, the seal judgments. Okay, so there's the seal, uh, sorry, the seal judgments, the trumpets, and the bowls in, in Revelation. And Jesus, and I think it's Matthew 24, he talks about if those days were not shortened, there would not be anybody who lived. That was a real thing he's saying. So if nobody would live and those days weren't shortened, then how could that be a figurative period? period? Anyway, I'm still stuck on amillennialism. So what I want to do is I'm going to go through the six seals tonight. Um, I'm going to spend some more time in some than others. Uh, but as I read these, I would like for you to take a look at this. So we're going to begin in Revelation 6, beginning in verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. So this is Jesus Christ himself. Okay, see that capital Lamb? That's Jesus. So Jesus is opening these seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures, which is a cherubim, saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. So I remember the first, and if you'll see this right there showing, he'll come and he will do these things in peace. In fact, that, that video that you're seeing right there, that'll be, that's one of the most contested places on the planet, and he will actually help bring peace and allow the, uh, the, the Jews to build a temple again. Now, we don't know exactly how that will be done, but we do know that the Antichrist, um, through this whole first process, he, he's coming in on a white horse, which is peace, right? And though he, it's a false peace, and he'll break that peace, um, but because he, he, he is a liar. And all he's trying to do is to build up his own base, and what happens is that, notice that this authority 
uh, is he's allowed to do many of the things. But what he'll do is that if you'll remember in, in Daniel nine twenty seven. So I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. I'm only going to show the seal uh, scriptures. Um, but in Daniel nine twenty seven it says, "Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week." So that one week, if you know, remember this. This is the seventy week period. So one week would be seventy years. Oh, sorry, seven years, not seventy. Seven years. And this is the t time of the tribulation. But in the middle of the week, so the middle of the tribulation, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So what's going on uh, here? So in the middle of the tribulation, um, the Antichrist walks into the temple. So for, let's just talk about what happens with this first period. Before we get to the middle of the tribulation, let's, let's talk about what happens here. So the Antichrist is going to be doing all this. He's going to be through... through uh, uh, persuasion and politics, there won't be any bloodshed. Um, he will come onto the scene and he will actually, you know, make all these different people and factions. Now, keep in mind that the restrainer will be removed, okay? And so the, and, and, uh, the Holy Spirit, he will he'll, he'll hold back and restrain himself, um, but we will not be here, okay? I believe that firmly, and I think that as we go through all these different judgments and we back up and we look at some of the why I believe this, and, and not just me, I, at one point, I was, I mean, I've kind of been in, in each of those boats, but I've learned, landed firmly on the pre-tribulation. But during the, you know, the notice that in, in Revelation 6-2, I thought this was interesting. When you, I'm going to bring it back up on the screen. When you look at Revelation 6-2, it says that he who sat on the horse had a bow, but notice it doesn't say he has any arrows. So at this time, he is using just his sleazeball, you know, demonic, you know, uh, authority. Um, and and just creating you know a, a worldwide network that's going to allow him to function. In fact, this network is already being created. That he'll just come in and occupy. Um, when he does step in in the middle of the tribulation, though, it's going to get really ugly. Um, and it's gonna, and if you remember in First Thessalonians five, beginning in verse one through three, it says, "But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write you, uh, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord." Uh, so comes as the thief in the night. So again, we're talking about rapture, right? All right. For when I, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. So basically, when it's saying when he does come on that scene, when so it says peace and safety. Well, I think of this. I, I can't think about when COVID happened. And everybody's, oh, government, please save us, you know. And they say, oh, we're going to give you the vaccine, and we're going to do this. And if you'll just, we're going to flatten the curve. Give us 15 days. Yeah, that's a really long 15 stinking days. And then, you know, but see, they, they, we're like, so many people were willing, up to, willing to give up their constitutional rights, their constitutional freedoms, to give up their, their everything for, quote, unquote, peace and safety. It will be so much worse at this time, and, and it'll actually get even worse uh, when we get a little further down, uh, the seal judgments. So we just keep in mind that they're going to be crying out for somebody to bring peace and safety. The Antichrist will show up on the scene, and he's going to say, you just wait. I will save you. I will protect you. Just do what I say. And just like the World Economic Forum and so many of these other evil entities around the world, including even our own government at this point, and you have them saying, give us all your power, give us all your authority, and we'll take care of you. And if you don't give it to us, then we'll just rip it from you and that's the next step so what how, what's the next step well the second seal let's look at the second seal 
The second seal is a red horse. What does this represent? It represents war. In Revelation 6, 3-4, When he opened the second seal, and I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see, another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and the people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. So what's going on here is that war is going to come upon the earth. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on here because let me tell you, war becomes a big piece of the tribulation. But peace is going to be removed from the earth. In fact, this is most likely, in fact, it'll even rival the violence of the days of Noah. It'll be like it was back then. Um, just absolutely chaotic around the world. And again, they've already cried out for peace and safety. The enemy is holding, the Antichrist is holding the, the puppet strings um, across the board at this point. And so this is going to trigger World War III. Now, it, it will affect the entire world. There's not any place, I mean, there might be some little remote, someplace that you might be able to get away, but eventually you won't be able to. There's not going to be a corner on the earth that you can hide um, from what is about to come. Um, so think about this. I mean, the, 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 even the Russian and the Ukraine war going on now, that's two, that's, that's two sides of a horrible penny. There's not a good side. I'm not, I mean, Russia, they're a bunch of demoniacs, and their government is. Now, I'm not talking about the Russian people. I'm talking about those in charge, um, you know, the Putins and so forth, the oligarchs. But Russia is just, it's, they're, they're horrible uh, in regards to their governance and what they want to do. So are the uh, Ukrainian leadership, Zelensky. Zelensky this week, I don't have the articles to bring up, but go, you can go look for it. He asked Abramovich, which if you go look her up, don't ever read anything she says, but she's the one that was into spirit cooking and all this other really disgusting demonic stuff. He asked her to be an ambassador uh, to, um, to Ukraine. Not only an ambassador, but he wants her to be a part of coming back and rebuilding the school system and the school children. Think of that. And this woman is one of the most demonic people on the planet. She's evil. Well, okay, so that's not enough for you. What happened a couple of days ago uh, in the Canadian uh, Parliament? Trudeau, that guy, he's got the, I mean, he, he's just, he's demonic. He's absolutely demonic. You can, I watch him and you see his eyes. I mean, I don't even know if he's in control of his own facilities. He's just an evil person. But he and uh, Zelensky were in the Canadian Parliament and there was a 98-year-old World War II veteran, but he was a Nazi. He fought for the Nazis. And when he came out, not only did he get one standing ovation, he got two. And Zelensky didn't apologize. Trudeau, he didn't apologize. You can go listen to this. It's not an apology. Um, you know, he just, he just made things worse, in my opinion. But regardless, that's the side they're on. So when you, when you hear the, the, these crazy people say that communism and those so forth, that that's right-left, that's, that's left-wing. When you, they talk about the Nazis, the National Socialism, they try to say that that's right-wing. That's not. It's left-wing. Those are two, both left-wing ideologies. Marxism is left-wing, way left-wing. It's crazy. Right-wing. Now, there's crazy people way, way out on the right, too. Don't get me wrong. But right ideology means they want limited government. They want small government. They want freedom. They want liberty. They want rights for others. And, and that's the thing that gets taken away. So you're, you're seeing these people. So, but the Ukraine-Russian war going on, what's happening? I mean, we are funding the Social Security of 50,000, 50-plus thousand people uh, over there right now. They're equivalent of Social Security. This is nuts. We're propping up small businesses. We're giving them Abrams tanks. I mean, th 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 this is just bad. Any way you look at it, it's bad. Um, so, but it'll be way worse. When you look at the second seal, so if we're stuck in a, a situation like this where every nation around the world just has to line up and pick one, pick a side, it's going to be even far more, uh, you know, chaotic 
and divisive uh, during the second seal when it's open. So what happens next? Well, the third seal. So in the third seal, it's the black horse, and this is famine. So you have to understand that after the war, there's going to be lots of famine. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So there's going to be coming a time when, after the war, there's going to be all kinds of supply chain issues. Uh, think of that. I mean, the, the, you look now, they've tried to break down and, and just kill the supply chains and so forth. All right? That there'll be supply chain, but there's going to be huge crop failures and issues around the world. This is something that I want to sit with just a little bit for a few minutes here, if you don't mind. So look at what's going on um, in our world now. So Pete Buttigieg, or however you say his name, is our transportation secretary. Um, he is another very foolish and evil person. I think he's too. I think he's just not bright enough uh, to be completely evil. I, I do believe he's corrupt. Um, he's definitely controlled. I think he's a coward. Uh, but... When you look at what's even going on now, so when it talks about a, a quart of wheat for denarii uh, and a three-quarter of barley for denarius, that that's basically the, a, a day's wage okay, in uh, the time of Christ. So we're going to be working. I mean, every person, if you're working, you're just working to eat for that day. That's it. We're not talking about clothes. We're not talking about comfort. We're not talking about shelter. We're not talking about anything. We're talking about just staying alive um so there was this uh th think about what's going on i'm gonna come back but think about just what the inflation and what's going on uh in our current government in our current situation um but there's i saw that uh, a year ago today so today is the uh, the 26th of september 2023 so a year ago today uh this the inflation rate was 8.26 percent now notice prices didn't come back down on most of these things. And so you're looking at this and, and they're saying, well, inflation right now is 3.67%, but that's compared to last year. So the cost of everything is just through the roof. There was a, 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 a guy that I saw the other day that basically put, took that denarius and, and the wages of food for a day and, and, and what that would equate to. And again, it's, it's an estimation, but that estimation is in that time, inflation will be roughly 800%. So if an egg, just, just do the math, okay? So if, if a dozen eggs today, which, I mean, it's crazy how expensive everything is, but let's just say, uh, you know, that it, for easy math, it's $5. Well, 100% would make that, inflation make that, what, uh, $10, right? We'll keep going. And eventually, I mean, it, it's, it's impossible. I mean, you, they talk about not letting us eat meat and all these things. Well, you wouldn't be able to afford meat. We just actually bought another cow. We have five kids, so we're a family of seven. And we've learned over the years that uh, it's, it's way less expensive to buy a cow, a whole cow, big cow, whole cow, and then uh, alive. And then we go and we have it processed. And uh, so we, we actually bought, you know, I don't I have to ask Brandy, my wife, but anyway, I think it's like a little over a year ago. And since then, I think it's like 18 months ago, we might have bought our last one. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, since then, the cost of it has doubled. It's just, it's just nuts. It's still cheaper to do that than to go buy it retail, but it's just so the cost of goods are through the roof. Well, why? 
Well, I'm going to look at a couple of articles. So I like talking about some of the uh, current events and things going on. And I want to share my screen here with you. And this is uh, John Kerry. Oh, he's such a brilliant man. And he talks about U.S. farmers must radically transform food production to meet net zero emission goals by 2030. We can't get to that net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center is part of the solution. Well, this moron came on, uh, I believe it was CNN not too long ago. And he had this, he was talking about how we need to reduce this 30% of these track of these farms and everything. So they may not be farming. Okay. And he even acknowledged that this is probably going to bring about famine and costs, put 600 people in harm, 600 million people in harm's way. But listen, to save the planet, that's what we need to do. I mean, this guy right here talking about, he, he, he's not just a fool. Okay. He, all he cares about is power, his power. And, and when, once you get so much money, then what's, that's not enough. You want to control and have power over people. That's the next currency. How many people can I control? And that's what these scumbags are doing. Um, let's look at a few other articles here real quick. And I'm sorry if I'm not talking Christianese tonight. I'm just saying it like it is. I'm very blunt. These, these people are evil. And I do wish for their salvation, but I believe that they have gone so far that their hearts are so hardened that no matter what you say to them, until they will, we're going to get here to some of the judgments in a minute. There will not be an atheist ever on the planet at a certain point during the tribulation. I believe he'll be here for that. And at that point, he won't be an atheist and he'll be thinking, right, row. But anyway, I hope that some of these people make, I just, if somebody, if there's anybody can influence these politicians and lead them to Christ, I pray and God bless you. I hope that you do. I just don't think it's possible. What about the, uh, do y'all remember over in the Netherlands? It's been going on for basically several years, but the, the, the Netherlands are one of the World Economic Forum's uh, prototype grounds to try to implement their 2030. Okay, well, anyway, what the, the, the government said is that we're going to require 3,000 of these farms, peak, quote-unquote, peak polluters, uh, and then we're giving them the last chance to uh, to close by the, the Dutch government. And what they're telling them, if you don't, if you don't shut it down, we're going to come take it from you. We're going to shut your, your farms down. You know what's cool about this? I will say this is one, I know that that's not cool, but what is cool is that um, the farmers, they actually protested this. And here's, I, so you don't think I'm always pulling from conservative websites. Here's, here's something to show. This is BBC, not conservative. Well, the farmers, they got together and they created, well, the, these, these, all these farmers, they created their own uh, uh, party and in in the Netherlands, and they won a ton of seats. They are fighting back, and they are not sitting still. So when we talk about that restrainer, there's not. I'm not saying that all these people are believers, but I'll tell you this: it's that fight in them. And there are many believers that I, I think that are central. Holy Spirit, at the very you know, if they don't know Jesus, Holy Spirit will be is going for them, saying, "Hey, listen, not yet. You're not going to destroy them all yet, because that is coming in a in a." future seal judgment here. So just think of this. There's all this craziness going on in the world. So this was the third seal famine. And we've already, I remember when I was a kid, you remember, depending on your age, I remember the, 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 the famine in Ethiopia. Do y'all remember that? And I remember them showing all these things and the flies and these kids' eyes and their swollen bellies and just the compassion that it pulled for me. And, and I had no comprehension. I was just, I was just a kid. Um, but it is something that stuck with me. And so the word famine in Ethiopia, uh, always stuck. They, 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 they were, they were uh, counterparts. And 
I, I'm just telling you that this is going to be global. Um, now, there are going to be people on this planet who do not suffer. And so just before we move on to the next judgment, in that same scripture, so right here, when we're looking, it says, let's see if I'm bringing it back up here, uh, and do not harm the oil or the wine. I believe that pertains to all these elites, okay? There will be luxurious items. Um, these people the John Currys of the world, the Klaus Schwabs, the Yuval Hararis, the Joe Bidens, the all you put, you fill it in. Um, they will, you know, be sitting in their, you know, private jets, uh, making us eat worms, you know, while they all dine on beef and luxury items such as oil and wine. Um, I believe that that's basically what that means. But the next seal doesn't look very good for them. And it gets much worse. Wait till we get to number six. So let's look at number four. So number four, when we look at the fourth seal, it's the pale horse or the ashen horse. So I looked and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed. Uh, and Hades followed him. And power was given to them. Notice the power was given to them. Over a fourth of the earth. That's a quarter of the population of the earth. To kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So when we look at that, the pale horse, okay, you know, there's a lot going on there. So first of all, the color, it resembles death. Uh, the Greek is uh, is chloros, which means pale. Um, but just notice that the enemy, the Antichrist and his uh, cronies, will be given um, permission, authority. Not, not, I mean, they're going to be, because it's bad. I mean, the wrath is being turned on and over the population of the earth. Because all these people, that's why right now during the, the, the church period, receive the, the grace of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, there's nothing more important in your existence, period, than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. What is coming is so bad. And we're going to talk about this is bad right here, but it gets worse and worse and worse. A quarter of the population. Think of this. And you need to understand that it talks about death and Hades followed with him, but somebody holds the keys. Remember a while back earlier in the podcast, I talked about Jesus holding the keys. Well, in Revelation 1.18, it says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys. The keys. Of what? Hades and death. Jesus is the one who sets them loose and says, okay, restrainers pulled back. And, you know, you've made your decision. And you think, well, gee, that's just so mean and cruel of Jesus. Let me tell you something. It's not. He did everything. He literally, God, the sovereign creator of the universe, the stars, the planets, the galaxies, everything, you. He created you. He submitted himself in the form of flesh. And he came to earth, and he was subjected to all of the worst possible things. He was tormented and mocked, and he was beaten. I mean, with, I mean, I mean beat. In fact, when he was praying to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was, he was under so much pressure. He says, Father, if there's any other way, but if there's not, your will be done, not mine. And, and, and he said he was under so much stress that he was actually bleeding drops of blood. And then he was pinned to that tree. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. Let me tell you, he is the most gracious and beautiful and wonderful and merciful God. And he has given you a choice. And not only that, you're going to see continually throughout even Revelation, he's trying, he's like, don't, 
turn. Don't, don't give up. Don't take the mark of that beast. Don't give your life away, uh, your eternal life away. I know it's horrible and it's wor just worse than you could have ever imagined right now, but don't take that mark. And so during this period, what I think is interesting, let's assume that, that, that a billion people go um, in the rapture. Now, Matthew, when, he, when he's talking about in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, we're talking about this period, but there's a, uh, uh, also a parable that Jesus gives about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. And he's talking about his church. And there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians who I just flat out don't think they are. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not, hey, listen, I'm not Holy Spirit. I am not their Holy Spirit. I am not their judge. Um, that's, all, that's all Jesus. But I'll tell you this, that Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. And these people, they, cl they claim to be Christian, but I don't believe that they are. Many of those people are in leadership. So I think that let's just let's just reduce that. Let's go ahead and just say that all those people. So I think it's going to be a lot less than a billion people go in the rapture. Um, but let's let's say it's a billion. And if you're looking at that right now, uh, uh, the uh, the quarter of the people, the population of the world that will be killed, you're looking at close to two billion people, one point seven five billion people, and they're going to die by some of the craziest things, like so the sword, hunger, death, disease, and plague. And the beasts of the earth, you know what's interesting is the other day, and I'm not saying there's a direct correlation, but it, it, it shows God's wrath and protection. So in, in, the, uh, in Job 5, beginning in verse 17, now I'm going to, let's see, where's it at? Going over here to verse 20. Uh, here's what's interesting. And so what, what does it talk about? It talks about famine, hunger, death, disease, all right, um, and, and beasts of the earth. So I just want to read this. as in famine, he shall redeem you from death. And in war from the power of the sword. So we've already covered two of these. So I'm back over in Job. So Job is being persecuted. And here's what God, so these things have been, you know, are going on around him. But God's going to protect him from certain elements of it. And in fact, actually, what's going on here is there's, um, Eliphaz is the one who is, uh, his, his, his friend is, he's chastening Job here. But basically, he, though, he's, he's quoting God's word. This is what God will do for us, right? So this is his protection in these things. Um, he's trying to encourage him. You shall be hidden from the scourge of the tongue, and you shall not be afraid of destruction when it comes. You shall laugh at destruction and famine, and you shall not be afraid of the beasts of the earth. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Every single one of those points that's mentioned uh, right there in Revelation, in the, in the fourth seal in Revelation 6-8, um, is also mentioned in Job 5. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a neat correlation. So I want to kind of keep going here. And I know that this is not a real happy topic, but just here's the, here's the thing I want to talk about, you know, or I want you to think about is that we won't be here for, for all of this. Now, there are going to be so many people that get saved. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and go to the fifth seal. I don't have any schnazzy little videos for, for these last two seals here because I just had the four horses. So before we do uh, seals five and six, let's stop. So you probably all heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? So right here, let's just go through them real quick. We got the white horse, first seal, right? We've got the second seal, which is the red horse. We've got the third seal, which is the black horse for famine. And then we have the, uh, the fourth seal or the fourth horse, which is the pale horse of death. All right. So those many times you've heard it talk, people say the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Well, that's just the first four seals in the book of Revelation. We still have all of the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments to come. 
it, it gets it gets much worse. And we're not even through all the seals yet. We still have two seals left. So let's read this. Um, seal, uh, the fifth seal, beginning in Revelation 6, 9 through 11. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the, saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain uh, for the word of God and the testimony which they held. Uh, and they cried a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? So these are people who were here during the tribulation, okay? But early on, they got saved. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But they're saying, we were there call, crying out to God, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them. Again, the grace and mercy of God. And see, these are people who didn't make a decision during the church age. It's not too late for you. They saw the bad stuff coming. Um, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who will be killed as they were was completed. That just as referring, there's going to be even more people killed in, in the tribulation. And they're waiting for all of those who have an opportunity that, that God knows who's going to choose him during that tribulation period. So there's going to be a great awakening after the rapture. Um, because think of this, there's going to be so many, there's, there's people sitting right now. I'm, I'm speaking to some of you, and I hope somebody who goes to the church, I, I don't know if you'd be listening to my podcast if you don't know Jesus anyway, um, because you probably don't have an interest in these things. But I want to tell you this. If you know somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, just find this little section. Send them this, because I'll tell you this. You may be going to church, sitting in the church, hearing people preach. You may even somewhat agree with, hey, yeah, okay, the Bible's probably true. But you have never made a decision for Jesus Christ, and, and your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm telling you, you want to do this now. Because there's people sitting inside of these churches all over the country, all over the world, who don't actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who've never committed their hearts to him. And I believe that many of those people, when the rapture happens, I actually had a conversation one time with somebody who says, well, I'll accept Jesus when I see the rapture. I was like, buddy, you don't want to wait that long. You know, um, that's, you know, I'm okay. But if there's going to be people just like that man I talked about. And, you're, whenever that happens, you want to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ in your heart. Um, but those who don't, they're going to be in the tribulation. We're going pre-trib. They're going to be in the tribulation. And many of them, are, there's going to be a great awakening. People are going to wake up left and right saying, you know what? I know exactly what just happened. And it's true. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life. Nobody goes to the Father. We just watched him go, and they're going to be out there talking about aliens and Bigfoots and all this other kind of crazy stuff. But all that stuff, all the rhetoric will be really high at first, but it's going to all shake loose really fast with all these other judgments. Um, there will also be um, 140, the 144,000 uh, the, the word speaks of in Revelation is 144,000 Jewish men, um, 12,000 from each tribe, and they will be evangelists. Um, they... Right off, they'll recognize what's going on. They will be uh, clothed in sackcloth sack and ash for the entire period. In fact, what's crazy is the entire 144,000, they'll be evan evangelists for Jesus Christ through the entire tribulation. They're going to see all the bad stuff, all of it. But all of those 144,000 will make it through uh, the tribulation. But they are going to be the leaders, pastors, and priests um, during that period. And I'm telling you, the church is going to look a whole lot different then than it does right now. It's going to be absolutely real. Um, there's not going to be any of the fluff or fake or any of that. It's going to be 100% raw and real, just like the early church. But there's going to be many, many martyrs. Um, and that's really what the fifth seal, fifth seal is, is the martyrs. So what's interesting is that in the middle of this, <clears throat> um, so if you look at the scriptures, so as we were reading, and I'm going to put it back up on the screen, um, you know, it, 
Jesus redirects John's vision back to heaven. He's seeing this, what's going on. And so everything so far has been cast out. Hey, we're doing all these things um, on the earth, on the earth. But this seal right here is actually um, something going on in heaven. So in this passage, John's able to have a glimpse of heaven and those who were martyred during the early days of the tribulation. And so when they cry out for justice, they're saying, hey, God, when are you going to go and, and take care of these people? So just wait a little longer. He says, there's more coming, but don't worry. Um, because the group that, think of this, the, the, the compromised group are those who were, quote, unquote, left behind. The ones we just I just told you about, like you're sitting in the church, you know these things, you're left behind. They wake up and immediately realize their error and the folly that they made of not accepting Jesus Christ during the church age. So don't be that person. The one thing is, what's good, the, the, the believers, they will be killing believers left and right. But in uh, Revelation 24, it starts talking about, and it's later on in the tribulation, that all the believers will be beheaded um, for their faith in Christ. So I want to talk about the sixth seal, because now the focus is back on earth, and this is a pretty nasty time. Check this. I looked and when <clears throat> I looked uh, when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs uh, when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it scrolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us from the face and, and hide us from the face of him capital H they know who he is who sits on the throne and whom the wrath of the, uh, from the wrath of the lamb so they know it's Jesus at this point there's not an atheist left on the planet right now for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand now, there's a lot going on right here. First of all, everybody. You know those people that were dining on that oil and, uh, and, and wine and all those fancy things a minute ago? Well, they're, they're headed for the, the, these, these rocks. Now, think of this in the mountains. I've, Brandy and I were actually watching a, a show called uh, Hunting Hitler. It's really interesting. The other day, and they have all these networks. In fact, I don't believe that Hitler died in the bunker in Berlin, I, I, there's so many Nazi activities, so much, it's, it's unreal. Go watch the show, but they had uh, all these bunkers and things that they would build into these mountains. It's, it's just huge complexes. Um, and that has even been so much more, think of like even the United States. We have military compounds up in Colorado and all these other places, NORAD and stuff like that, where they're built into these mountains. But not just there, people are going to be trying to get away from it. But let me tell you, there's not any place to go. So let me tell you something. They won't be, old John Kerry, he's not going to be caring about climate change anymore because um, uh, this is going to rock the world. Um, we already know that there have been earthquakes. Matthew 24 7 talks about, you know, there's going to be earthquakes, great, an increase in earthquakes and pestilences and things of that nature, right? But this is going to be a major, massive seismic event. What well, has it begin and goes, starts off a great earthquake. This is going to shake the world and when you shake all of this up and you, there's all this tectonic activity then what happens you begin to have uh, volcanic activity right and so you have earth, the, the these new you know these maybe even new volcanoes erupting and going off all around the world and what's that going to do i was going to show some some images we're running out of time but i was just going to show some images of remember a couple of years back well actually even like 2010 2013 several 
But anyway, the in Iceland, they would they shut down traffic, uh, air air traffic for like a week or more because that I'm not even gonna try to name that. It, it has a whole bunch of weird symbols. <laughs> you know, looks like Prince's old. You know, he's no longer the artist formerly known as Prince kind of thing. But anyway, it has that big name of that volcano, and it erupts. And then whenever you know they they were it started it blackened the sky. But can you imagine that happening all around the world? Um, yes, it's going to, God literally is going to shake the planet and say, do I have your attention now? And every person will know, every person will know. The word tells us every person will know exactly what's going on because it says right there. Let's go back and read it. Every person knows who this is. Hide us from the face of him, from the wrath of the lamb. They know who this is. They know that this is the one true God. They know that this is Jehovah Jireh, Yeshua, you know, that Jesus Christ, the sovereign, you know, the, the, the sovereign King of King, Lord of Lords, it is him. They, they, they're not, there's no more atheists. They acknowledge it's him. They're just like, they're just trying to it's like save us from him because we know that we're not going to turn back to him. So those that remain, especially those that do not know Christ, they will live in terror, knowing that their days are numbered and that their salvation is lost and hell and eternal torment awaits them. So I want to I kind of close with this. Everyone will finally know at this point what the demons have already been saying, right? If you go to James 2.19, it says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So I want to go back, and I just want to re-invite you to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If this podcast in any way has blessed you, um, if it's taught you anything, if you... Have some disagreements with me. That's okay. We're not talking about salvation. I'm talking about salvation right now, and I've talked about salvation throughout the podcast. The salvation versus what's going to happen, whether I'm pre-trib and you're post-trib, those things don't matter. We're going to find out who's right, and it won't matter. We won't care. We're going to be with the Heavenly Father. But I'll tell you what. I am absolutely telling you that, that the time uh, is coming, and I don't believe, just as Jimmy Evans says, that he says, I don't think we're just living at the end times. I believe we're living at the end of the end times, and I agree. Um, the world is getting worse. The news, when you go bring up any news article, it's just horrible. So I want to encourage you that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to go and pull your, open your Bible and open it to Romans 10, 9. First, read the book of, of John. I think it's a beautiful book to read, but open up the Bible to Romans 10, 9. It says that if you confess with your tongue and believe that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. It's a matter, it's a condition of our heart. Jesus died on the cross for you. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, right now is the time to do that. And it goes just like this. Heavenly Father, I know that in John 3.16, your word says that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. And I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I know now that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, if that's you, please share it with us. Uh, write into the church, email us, call us, leave a comment, and I'll talk with you out there on the podcast or on the comments on YouTube. Well, listen, uh, if you like this, like the, like, give us a thumbs up, um, subscribe, and share this with your friends, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.